is being due. It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Bring for the win battle. Bang! Boom! It's the Orange doing it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Monday morning here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Seth Goldberg with you. Stephen Fonte out sick today. And we roll on from now until 2. Floyd Little at 1. Adrian Autry at 1.30. We will get to Syracuse basketball in a little bit. We will get to uh, the fiasco at Tennessee, I'm sure, at some point during the show. Uh, I don't know that I've ever, ever seen anything like that. Uh, and what happened yesterday with Greg Schiano, we will get to that at some point. Um, I'm sure in today's business, Max will bring it up. Um, 315-437-7644 on Twitter, at Seth Goldberg 17 at ESPN Syracuse. I do want to start with Syracuse football. Let's just put an end on it. We'll spend 15 minutes on Syracuse football, and then we don't have to talk about it. Uh, for another six months. Um, I guess all things considered, you would be disappointed if you're a Syracuse fan. Um, I guess all things considered, you wouldn't be happy that they finished the year at 4-8. I guess all things considered, you would have hoped uh, that this team would have been better and done more, given that they were 4-3 and three and beat Clemson just after the midway point of the season. I guess you would have thought that this team would have picked up a win on the road, given their performances against LSU and NC State early in the year, and then Miami and Florida State later in the year. And I guess that you, as a fan, much as I do, had thought Syracuse was past getting blown out by four touchdowns in a totally and wholly non-competitive game in your home building, against Boston College. Because I'm not quite sure where this program is yet, but I was pretty sure two months ago, a month ago, that they were past getting blown out by Boston College. And I know BC has gotten better. I know they've improved. I know A.J. Dillon is a really good running back. But man, I thought Syracuse football had moved past that. I thought Syracuse football had progressed to the point where they weren't doing that, where they weren't laying that egg. And I know your quarterback was out the last five weeks. I know that. I get that. But your quarterback doesn't play defense. Your quarterback's not the one who allowed 160-something points over three weeks to end the season. And it's one thing to get lit up by Lamar Jackson, a Heisman Trophy winner who very well could be in the conversation again this year and could win, could have won that award had the rest of his team not stunk so much this year. He could have won a second straight Heisman. It's one thing to get torn up by that guy. And I would say, you know what? I get it. You don't like to see it, but I get it. It's another thing to get blown out and blown up by a veteran quarterback in John Walford. 
a dual threat who's having the season of his career. Again, you don't want to see that. But to an extent, I get it. I understand it. It's another thing entirely to get blown up and blown out by this Boston College team. By their backup quarterback, Darius Wade. By the quarterback who had no success since taking over for the injured Anthony Brown earlier this year. And I know that A.J. Dillon has run through everyone this year, but you know what's coming when he's on the field. He is going to run the ball. He has not caught a pass all season. When A.J. Dillon's on the field, he is going to get the ball, and it is going to be a run. So simply put, I thought Syracuse was past that. I thought Syracuse football was past the point of getting embarrassed on their home field by Boston College. I thought they were up they were past the point of getting embarrassed on their home field in their own building by Wake Forest and Boston College in three in the span of three weeks. I thought Syracuse football was past that point. Obviously they're not. Obviously there's still work to be done. We knew that. And I guess this is what is going to be confusing and surprising to some listeners out there. Even with the last four weeks, five weeks, even with the performances that we've seen the last three weeks out of this defense, that is very clearly taken steps back from where it was over the first nine weeks of the season, I still think that Syracuse football is better at year's end than at the beginning. Right? Like, I I think this team is still better than last year's team. Even with the terrible finish. Even with that awful taste that this season has left in your mouth. This team is better than it was last year, Right? And I know that's a weird thing to ask coming off three games where you allow 160-plus points. Coming off the final five halves of the year when you score a combined 29 points. That's a weird thing to say. But it feels like this team is better. I think this team is better. And that's why I thought a win Saturday was so important. Don't just let me sit here and say, I think the team is better. It feels like this team is better. They look like they're better. Go get that win and prove to me that you are better. Prove to me that you are one win better. And they couldn't do that. They could not do that on Saturday. So where does Syracuse football go from here? Well, there's a lot to replace. And Steve Ishmael, as you heard Max say, was an all-ACC player. He was a first-team unanimous choice this year. He caught 50, uh, 105 passes, put up you know 1,350 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. All right, you got to replace him. You got to replace Irv Phillips. You've got to replace all your starting linebackers. Where does this team go from here? How do they get better? Because they need to get better. The offense was not consistent enough this year. The defense was not good enough come year's end. 
How do they improve on that? How do they make that defense specifically better while losing so many important pieces and building blocks of this team? Back-to-back 100-tackle-a-year guy in Paris Bennett. 300-career-tackle guy in Zaire Franklin. A starter in Jonathan Thomas. That's a lot to have to replace in one year. So we'll eventually move forward. We'll eventually come around to looking at this team and what they're going to be next year. And we're inevitably going to play that win-loss-loss-loss-win-win game. And I'm going to sit up here and say, eh, five, maybe there's a chance at six. Because that's what happens with Syracuse football. Right? Like, we're, we're, we're stuck in a circle. We're stuck in a rut. We like to think five. We like to think six. But realistically, it's going to be four. Realistically, it's going to be five. And I think this season showed you that. I think this season showed you that for the short term. The defense is far from fixed. The offense is still working out its kinks and its bugs and its issues. And I don't know what to expect as we head into year three under Dino Babers. The only thing I can say with certainty, again, is I thought Syracuse football was past the performance that we saw this weekend. I thought they were past getting blown out by Boston College on their home field. I know that you were playing with your backup quarterback, but so were they. I thought they were past that. And it turns out, they aren't. Let's hit the phone lines. 315-437-7644 is the number. We have Dom on the line. Hello, Dom. You're first up today. Hey, bud. I just want to put a bow on this season for myself. Yeah. Are we better than last year? No, we're not. Um, We've lost to directional Tennessee State. We've all the goodwill. If, If you were to plan out a way to lose all goodwill from beating Clemson, you couldn't have done it any better. Um, Losing two close games, then getting blown out the rest of the way. Uh, Quarterback, again, going down. Having the coach badmouth the fan base saying, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have expected that much out of us. You couldn't have done more to ruin the goodwill that was created out of that Clemson win. Now, at the end of the season, that Clemson win looks like a fluke. It does. It doesn't look like a quality, like, let's use a program on the rise. It looks like we caught a, 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 we caught a Clemson team that took us lightly. Uh, it was a Friday night game. It's one of those things that you can Their quarterback was off. hurt. The, the quarterback got hurt. You know, it's just a, a, a convergence of events that you guys got lucky this, 99, this, this one time out of 100. You caught us. Good on you. You caught us. But it's not, it, it, rather than building the momentum, from that win, it's gone. I mean, it's just flat out gone. SU is back into the, we're last in the ACC again. You know, we've lost games that we shouldn't have lost again. We've lost the Boston, we got smoked by Boston College at home. I don't want to say again, but you, 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 get, the, you get what absolutely. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, Dom, and, and, and thanks for the call, and thanks for, for bringing that stuff up. You know, I'll I'll still lean towards they're probably a little better this year than they were last year. Um, the Middle Tennessee State loss stinks. Losing the way you lost to Boston College stinks. 
Losing the way you lost to Wake Forest stinks. Losing the way you lost to LSU stinks. And Florida State is terrible. And Miami was awful, right? It, it hurt to lose that way. If you're a Syracuse fan, if you're an alum as I am. But I would still say this team is better. This team can, can put it together at times. As far as the Clemson win and losing all goodwill, uh, that's what will happen when you lose five in a row. And I know that there was a lot of other stuff going into it, and the way you lost five in a row hurts that too. Um, and, and the comments that are made, I, I get all of that. Um, and the fact that now Clemson is still as good as they are and that court, the, the quarterback, Kelly Bryant, is back and playing the way he is playing, uh, you know, he's playing better now than he has been at any other point of the season. Uh, does Syracuse win that game if Kelly Bryant's healthy and plays the whole time? I don't know. But they did on that night. And Clemson could still go to the playoff and could still win the national title and they could have that one in the loss column. And that one is Syracuse. So, yeah, it might look like a fluke. It might be a fluke. But it's still there. It still counts. I know that's the the optimist is, the optimist's way of taking that, but it's still there and it still counts. And I don't necessarily disagree with you that it looks more fluky than it probably did five weeks ago when it happened. Six weeks ago when it happened. But I think that happens when you lose five in a row to end the season. One more phone call. Scooter in Jamesville on the line. Scooter, good to hear from you. How are, how, how are things going? Uh, great, Seth. Uh, just one quick comment. Uh, Gonzaga, Florida was the best game, and Gonzaga lost the game. One of yes. the best games I've ever seen. Showing instant classic, double overtime, 111-105. Both teams have shot lights out. I mean, it was one of the most entertaining games. So, and did, it, it, happy to see it. This for instant classic, just sit back and relax. And one of the better games. Did you catch uh, any of Florida Duke last night? Because that was yes, played at an incredibly no, high level. Too. Absolutely. In fact, Florida, keep an eye on them. I think they're yeah. better in Kentucky right now. So. They look good. It, it, uh, the issue yes, thing, a couple of things. Uh, the future and, 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 and what happened this year, I think we faced less talented quarterbacks this year. I think if we faced uh, Jackson in game two like we did last year, I think the defense would have been exposed sooner. I think uh, if you play Wake Forest earlier in the season, it being the same thing. We have to play better offenses and more established quarterbacks. We faced, we faced eight quarterbacks that didn't start last year for, for, for the respective teams. The Florida did actually did that number on Syracuse's D. Uh, the, thing, the, the thing that didn't uh, improve this year, I thought, was in-game strategy. Uh, the, the, the middle of Tennessee, when we needed to go fast at the end of the game, we're taking seconds off the clock. Fourth and 15, actually run a 12-yard out pattern. Uh, we go for a touchdown against Florida State, showing aggressiveness, but against LSU, we're down 16, and we don't go for two points. Yeah. We score, so now we're down nine still. We'll uh, worry about the future. The reason is being is because Clemson was a win, yes. But now we got to replace Clemson uh, win on next week, next year's schedule, because I don't think we beat them at Clemson. Pittsburgh just beat number two Miami with a freshman quarterback, and now we got to have to go down there to at least match the win we had this year at home. I, that, you know, that's going to be tough. Boston College, out of nowhere, has got 11, 11 starters come back on offense. The best three starters are freshmen, and now we got to go play them on the road. So somewhere along the line, we're going to have to pick up and wait for us it scared me in the recruiting trail because I think they might jump Syracuse. So here's where you pick it up, and, and this is the, the cop out answer. You get it, you get UNC as your crossover game next year. Is it okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so well, it's we'll, a, it's a yeah. cop out, but you know that that's probably where you have to pick it up, right? 
Great, but uh, it'd be interesting because North Carolina was starting all freshman this year because they just lost their star quarterback to the Bears. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But the point is, that when I look at six wins, our schedule is going to be on paper maybe look weaker because of the um, out of conference schedule, but still, but still the ACC. Yeah. And, and like I said, if we if we beat Clemson at home, you would expect us to be on the road. That means we got to pick up another game somewhere along the road, and then a Pittsburgh win twenty seven twenty four. We'll see if we can do that. Uh, I think we've been Pittsburgh down the road the last, what, five, six years? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. no, Scooter, I, I'm with you there, and thanks for the call. Uh, I, I like that you brought up the quarterback thing. I think that's really interesting uh, because, like, I, I think Brent Stockstill was a good quarterback, right? Like, not great, but good for Middle Tennessee State. I think Shane Morris is a talented quarterback, but not a great quarterback, for Central Michigan, and you held those two relatively in check. Now, here's also where I fall apart, and here's where you lose me on the quarterback narrative, and I've got to take a break, um, because I bought in. I bought in. After the after the, the Wake Forest game, I, I bought it. After the Louisville game, I was, I was all the way in on the you-didn't-play-better-quarterbacks. I don't buy it with Boston College. I just, I don't buy that that was the case in the Boston College game, and Darius Wade had a good game, right? Darius Wade played really well against you, and I don't think that he is a significantly better quarterback than James Blackman or Malik Rogier or uh, you know Brent Stockstill and Shane Morris. Like I, I just I don't think that Darius Wade is that much better than those guys. So that's where that narrative loses me. And I was all in on it. If you listened last week, I was all in on that narrative. Um, not after this weekend. I think it was a factor. I think it played in. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sold after this weekend. Uh, we desperately need to take a timeout. Uh, we'll talk some basketball coming up next. Seth on Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Seth Goldberg. Join me and Adrian Autry, 7 o'clock on Mondays from Stratomia Restaurant. We'll give you an hour of SU basketball talk. That's 7 o'clock at Stratomia and live here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. This is Orange Nation, Seth Goldberg with you on ESPN Radio up until 2 o'clock. As, as I mentioned off the top of the show, Steve, uh, a bit under the weather, so uh, he, he's taking uh, uh, the day off today uh, to deal with that. Talk some SU football, that's obviously still on the table uh, throughout the show, 315-437-7644. Uh, but I'm ready to move on. Uh, I'm ready to get to basketball. I'm ready to move on from football. Uh, it's game night in the Carrier Dome. What more is there to say? It is It is game night in the Carrier Dome. Uh, this basketball team is still undefeated. They're 5-0, and and you could point to teams on the schedule as not the toughest of tests, but I think that this SU team has been challenged. I think that uh, the early non-conference schedule this year has been um, has been much better then in previous years, you've got Iona, Texas, Southern, Oakland, who are all picked to win their league. Toledo, who uh, will probably be up there in the MAC as well. And uh, what what can you say about Wednesday night? 
I was really impressed with Wednesday night's game with what Syracuse did um, and how they reacted after Ty's battle went out. I was really impressed with how that team came together, how Frank Howard took control, uh, how O'Shea Brissett really started scoring the ball um, and, and, and continued to be a force on the glass. There's something about this team. There's something that I really like, and I and I I can't quite put my finger on it. But there's something about this team early that I really really like. Um, I, I mean, Tyus Battles the star. He's the guy who makes it go. He's the guy who who you know runs runs the show for Syracuse. But everybody else knows what they're supposed to do. Frank Howard has turned into a scorer. Uh, you know, and he scored 25 the other night. O'Shea Brissett has become a consistent, reliable rebounder for this team. Uh, you know, Matthew Moyer played a big game the other night. Chukwu and and Sidibe both get into foul trouble. They play 38 of the 40 minutes. Um, I, I I just there's something about this team I really like. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something there that I really like and enjoy. Uh, about this team right now. Um, we'll have to wait and see You know how it comes together when they're playing better competition, um, and I think that that's what tonight's game is, right? I think that tonight's game is is yet another step up in competition level. I think tonight's game is, is yet another step in the direction uh, towards the ACC. You've got this game. You've got next weekend against Kansas. You've got uh, UConn, which, man, UConn got blown out by Arkansas over the weekend. Uh, UConn's not good. Um, But you've got a couple of these games sprinkled in that, again, are better than Toledo and and Texas Southern and Oakland, uh, one of them being tonight. And I think that tonight you'll learn a lot more about Syracuse basketball than we have over the first five games of the season. Um, I don't know if Tyus Battle is playing. I, I have not seen anything definitive either way. Uh, we'll ask Adrian Autry later in the show about an hour from now and and see if we can get Coach to spill the beans on that one. I, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, I've not seen anything either way, but that did not look good. And, uh, you know, I... I th- I can only imagine having to try and go play basketball through through back pain like that. I was I was actually just telling Paulie in the office I had back pain over the Thanksgiving weekend, and I am far far from somebody who should be trying to play in a Division One basketball game. Um, I could not imagine attempting to play in the the Division One in a Division One basketball game uh, after taking the kind of fall that Tyus Battle did on Wednesday night. So we'll we'll ask uh, Adrian Autry in about an hour. Uh, and we'll try and see if Tyus Battle is going to play tonight. Uh, if if he does, I like Syracuse's chances against Maryland. If he doesn't, again, it's a toss-up, and uh, other guys are going to have to step up. Frank Howard's going to have to step up. O'Shea Brissett's going to have to step up. Uh, we'll see what happens if if Tyus Battle cannot go tonight. Let's hit the phones once again. Jake in Syracuse on the line, 315-437-7644. Jake, what's on your mind? Uh, how you doing? I'm just going to be real quick. Sure. Um, it was nice that um, in the second half of the last game when Battle was out that uh, Matthew Moyer realized the season had started and decided to show up. Absolutely. He looked, uh, he looked like a, a, 
maybe a legitimate starter finally. But real quick, the one thing I'm seeing out of this team this year that I never saw last year through five games is chemistry. This team looks like play together. They, they, they adjust on defense together. They talk. They, they actually like playing together. Um, thanks yeah. for taking my call. Yeah, Jake, that, that's a great point. Uh, I totally agree. This team looks like a, a team, right? And that's not to say that at times uh, last year's team didn't look that way. Uh, but this looks like a team, a cohesive unit of players playing together uh, and not just kind of five guys who are out there. Um, I Again, I've been really impressed, and this is going to sound weird, I've been really impressed by like just the rebounding and defense uh, that this team has played, and that's kind of nerdy and, and, and a weird thing to focus on. Um, but I think that we knew this team might struggle offensively and had to do kind of everything else. Um, to to get rolling and and so far they've done a little bit of everything else. Uh, why don't we head back to the phone lines? We got Brendan in Manlius and uh, Brendan. Uh, I, I see you want to flip the flip the gears to uh to football for a second. What's on your mind? Really quick, yeah. I mean, as far as hoops, I agree with Jake 100. percent They're playing as a team. They're playing very cohesive. I think it, it can't be understated too that you know. This is who you got. You know, Bayhine doesn't have, you know, a junior, senior grad transfer to turn to. These guys are playing, and I think that they uh, they know that. He's allowing the rope to be extended a little bit longer, and you can tell they, they, they're playing with a lot more comfort. But I did call in to make a comment about football. I sad to see Steve isn't there because I was going to bust his chops because he made a comment uh, after the Clemson game, is this season a success regardless of what happens? And I was the first one to call you guys and say, Absolutely not. We have to wait until the season ends. We have to see where the record fits. And you had a caller about you know twenty thirty minutes ago. This season is not a success. Period. You're four and eight. You beat Clemson. Big deal. You also lost to Middle Tennessee State, and you 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 finished. I think they're like one in fifteen. This program the past handful of years in November. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to call in is if you want to. If you want your fan base to take your program seriously, if you want them to think that we are heading in the right direction, then a change has to be made on the defensive side of the ball. You cannot expect people to continue to support this team to giving up 50, 60, 70 points in some instances and not changing anything. I'm not advocating anybody lose their job, but I'm telling you right now, if they go into this next season with the same scheme as they went into this season and the same defensive coordinator and the same defense, you're going to lose your fan base, whatever's left of it, very, very, very quickly. So I think it's mandatory if you want to take yourself seriously as a program moving forward, you absolutely have to make changes on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Brendan, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I, I'm not ever going to be one who uh, gets up here and pounds the desk and, and yells for people's jobs, um, especially not an assistant coach. Um but I, I don't necessarily disagree that something has to change. The one caveat I would throw out there is, and, and I said this pregame on Saturday, Zaire Franklin, Paris Bennett, Jonathan Thomas, good linebackers, right? Really good linebackers. Get tackles. They can rush to the pass. So they can do a lot. Um, not exactly coverage guys. Not exactly guys who are going to drop back in coverage and and you know, play the Tampa two style that this coaching staff uh, wants to play. So um, I don't know if this this group ha- has uh, has helped done that and brought in new guys or or coached up the guys who are there to have better coverage skills. But let's see, maybe they're thinking, hey, we've got guys who we think are better suited 
for this scheme and, and they'll play next year. I don't know. Uh, but that would just be my my guess on that side of the ball. Uh, last call here, 315-437-7644. We go to John in Syracuse wanting to talk some basketball. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. Hey, I'm good. I'm on lunch. So uh, just uh, a quick note with the previous caller, 100% agree. Can't give up 150 points in three games and expect to be successful. So, um, you know, th- that being said, on to basketball, yes. uh, you, you, you said you, you can't put your finger on it. There's something different. Well, there's one thing for sure. This team, as opposed to previous years, is not overly reliant on one single player to be instant offense, to create, to to be that one go-to player. It You know, it's been it was made clear the last game that these guys are able to step up in the clutch and to show that there are other possible potential leaders on this squad. I mean, do you remember when Christmas goes down and all of a sudden we I mean, it was unbelievable. The number one in the country. Christmas goes down and we're done. So, you know, it, it's just it's really clear that these guys are able to to uh, adapt and overcome when your star goes down. Just I think that that's, yeah, that's the case. I think that's an interesting point. And, and, you know, John, the way you first brought it up, I was going to say I disagree with you because, uh, like, I think Tyus is the go-to, you know, leader, scorer, or whatever you want to call it on this team, and, and the guy who ultimately they will be relying on. But then that, that point you made at the end saying, you know, other guys are there that can step up, I, I agree. And, and I think that that's what Wednesday night showed. Right, these guys yeah. can do it if they need to. Absolutely, a hundred percent. These guys do have a great offensive capability. Um, I, I do believe we need to work on a little bit of defensive scheme. Um, the blocks are there, obviously, um, but I, I think that it can be improved. These guys don't know the two-three zone. A lot of them are transfers, so but they'll get it. Jim Beheim's got it taken care of, and I really foresee a good season this year. John, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. And and yeah, th- this team is is more enjoyable, I think, to watch than others. And and here's a factor maybe that's playing in kind of semi-subconsciously for me, and I, again, need to take a break, but uh, this team's going to be around, right? Tyus Battle might leave after this year, but Frank Howard will be here. O'Shea Brissett will probably be here. Uh, this team will be around Marek Dolzhai and, and Sidibe and Chukwu, so uh, this is not a, a one-and-done thing like last year. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Max will come in with today's business after this on ESPN Radio.